Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go to Genesis 15. And there's some things that uh, I'm going to spend some time on uh, over the next, well, however long. The, um, the, my life changed. When I came to understand that, and, I, and, I, and I'll say it the way I came to understand it, that number one, I had a covenant with God. And number two, that God was a covenant God. My understanding of a covenant changed my life it changed my life spiritually it changed my life forever uh it was never again the same and i was meditating on some things the other the other morning and praying and the lord said he said covenant is what changed your life and uh he he gave me my assignment part of my assignment for this year was to look at this uh subject in the way that he has showed it to me over the last many, many years. A, um, a covenant mindset is a requirement for strong faith. If I'm going to have strong faith, I have to have a covenant mindset. And we'll get into that uh, in the next, well, some tonight and then the next few weeks. Um, what you believe can be measured by your expectation. And that's so important because um, if I believe something, my expectation will show it. Now, I'll introduce this with this. What would you expect from someone who could not get out of his promise that he made to you and did not want to? What would your expectation level be from somebody who could not break his promise and did not want to break his promise? What would your expectation level be from a person who entered into a covenant with you and did not make you responsible for any part of it. You see? This, this begins the covenant mindset. It's been taught many times, people will say, well, we have a covenant with God. We do, and people will say, well, Abraham entered into a covenant with God. God entered into a covenant with Abraham. Abraham did not initiate any part of that. God initiated all of it. Amen? 
And so there are three very important things to always remember. Number one, you are a spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now I pray God uh, that God would sanctify your whole spirit, soul, and body, uh, and that it would be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So number one, you are a spirit. Number two, you have a covenant. You have a covenant. Say that out loud. I have a covenant. All right? I have a covenant. Number three, the Bible is a covenant book sealed with covenant blood on both ends. The Bible is a covenant book sealed with covenant blood on both ends. In the first covenant, it's sealed with the blood of bulls and goats. In the second covenant, it's sealed with the blood of the eternal lamb, Jesus. So the word of God, the Bible, is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. It's a book of covenant. Now, a covenant and a contract are two very different things. And here's why. A contract can be based on a lie. A covenant cannot. A contract can be based on an untruth. A covenant cannot. Uh, for instance, when uh, people get married, there are people that get married and just view it as a legal contract with a way out. Right? There are people that get married and view it as a covenant and it's for life. Now, in our circles, we don't like these vows very much, but they, they prove the point. Back in the day when you got married, they would say, okay, do you take this man to be your uh, husband and do you take this woman to be your wife? And watch, for better or for worse, is that right? For richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, until death do we part. That's a covenant. That's not a contract. That's a covenant. The only way out of a covenant is death. Right? And, and now the marriage covenant, of course, it doesn't pass on. But the only way out of a covenant is death. And then the descendants of the party that died, are brought into the covenant. Remember what the Bible says? It says, for there to be an inheritance or for there to be a, 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 a testament, there has to first be the death of the testator. There has to be the death of the one that initiated the legal document, Jesus Christ. Amen. He died and ratified the, the, the covenant with his blood and rose from the grave and brought us into it. So the Bible is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go to Genesis 15. And we'll start in verse 1. And we'll bounce around Genesis a bit tonight, uh, right here. We'll begin in verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. 
And Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me you've given no seed, and one born in my house is my heir. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This will not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of your own bowels or your own body will be your heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look toward heaven, tell the stars, if you're able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall your seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I'm the, God that, I'm the Lord that brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you a land to inherit it. Now notice, and he said, Lord God, whereby I shall I know that I shall inherit it? What token are you going to give me so I will know that I'm going to inherit it? So he's asking for a token. And he said unto him, take a heifer of three years old, a she-goat of three years old, a ram of three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Every type of Old Testament sacrifice is mentioned right here. Every type. All right, a heifer, a goat, a ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Five different sacrifices uh, uh, under the, the law, and they're all mentioned right here. And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against another, but the birds divided he not. When the fowls came upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and a horror of great darkness fell upon him. Now, first of all, we see blood was required. Blood made the covenant more binding. It made it more binding for one specific reason, that the animal had given its life for that covenant. All right? It made it more binding, made it more strong. It wasn't merely a promise that, that, that God is entering into. God is not just promising something. This is a blood-sworn oath. All right? God is going to stand in covenant blood and swear and swear, all right, when, when, when Peter was in the temple, in the temple courtyard on the night that Jesus was taken into custody, and the Bible says, you know, you've heard people talk about Peter the cussing fisherman, you know, he was swearing and cursing, he wasn't cussing, he was swearing, he was, he was swearing oaths, I swear to you I don't know him. And then he would call curses down on himself. If I know him, let this curse fall on me and let this curse fall on me. My point is, he was swearing a blood oath here. Hallelujah. And he says, when the sun was going down a deep sleep, a horror of darkness fell on Abram. And he said to Abram, know of a surety, your seed will be a stranger in a land that's not theirs. And they shall serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years. And that nation that they serve will I judge, and afterward they will come out with great substance. And you shall go to your fathers in peace, and you shall be buried in a good old age. The context of this is this. Because of this covenant, notice, because of this covenant, 
I will judge the nation that afflicts your seed. They will come out of bondage with great substance, and you will go to your fathers in a good old age. Now, when you read the book of Exodus, and the Bible tells us within the first two chapters of the book of Exodus, it says, and the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage that they were under because of the Egyptians. And it says, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham. What did God remember? That he stood in blood and swore this. Your people are going to go into bondage for 400 years, but I'm going to bring them out. Amen. God does not say something and then go about to make it happen. God says something because he's already decided to make it happen. God, listen, God is binding himself to an oath here. These people are coming out of bondage because God swore an oath. Amen. Uh, we'll, we'll look at this further, but all, read, read through the Old Testament and see how many times God said, my covenant, my covenant, my covenant. Amen. When, when the children of Israel uh, were uh, complaining and disobeying God and dishonoring God. God told Moses, what did he say? He said, get up from among them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to judge all of them and I'm going to start all over with you. Amen. Well, they deserved judgment. They, they had done what caused judgment. But notice, God's remembering the covenant because he can't, he can't totally destroy the people. He's got to have somebody to carry the line on because he made a promise to Abraham. He stood in blood and swore to Abraham. And what did Moses tell him? Lord, remember your covenant. Right? Well, God hadn't forgot the covenant. God wasn't doing anything wrong. God cannot break His covenant. Not won't. Cannot. He cannot. That's why the children of Israel, over the first, the first 40 years they were in the wilderness, complained, backbite, came against God, came against Moses, and God kept forgiving, and kept forgiving, and kept forgiving, and kept forgiving. Why? He had stood in blood and swore an oath. The covenant mindset is this. God will do what He said because I have a covenant with God, and He can't break it. He cannot break it. Hallelujah. And then He says, in beginning in verse 15, And you will go to your fathers in, in peace, and you'll be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they will come again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And it came to pass that when the sun went down, and it was dark, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Under your seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp. 
Well, we know and we've been taught this is God walking through those pieces. All right? A burning, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp. But notice, it says in that same day, God made a covenant with Abraham. The Lord made a covenant with Abram. In most covenants, both participants walked through the blood and made promises to each other. In this covenant, God alone walked through the pieces. This is God entering into a covenant with Abram. This is God making promises to Abram, and he's binding himself to what he's saying. This cannot change. Now see, People will say, I've heard people say, Abraham saw God standing in blood. God is still standing in blood. He's standing in the blood of the new covenant. Amen. I taught myself years ago, when I'm believing God for something, I can close my eyes and see in my spirit, God standing in covenant blood with his right hand raised, saying, I swear to you, I'll do this. I swear I'll do it. Amen. See, the covenant mindset is different than the promise mindset. Because, because uh, understand this, people will see a promise in the Word, whatever it may be, and they think that might happen and it might not happen. The covenant mindset is if I believe and I'm obedient, God cannot do anything but what he said. My part of the covenant is faith and obedience. That's my part. Have faith in God and obey what God said. That, that's my part of the covenant. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into this verse in a minute, but God said in the book of Psalm chapter 89... He said, my covenant I will not break. And I will not alter the thing that's gone out of my mouth. I won't. Amen. Do, do, do you see that? So a covenant mindset is, wait a minute. When, when I come to the place of putting this pressure on the covenant, God doesn't change. When, when, when you read in the Old Testament, they asked the Lord. They said, God told the, the, the prophet, he said, my people are going to go away from me. They're going to go and serve other gods. They're going to go and do this. Watch. He said, but they're going to come back to me and they're going to repent. And he said, and because of my covenant, I'll forgive them. Because of my covenant. See, see, the covenant is what made God, uh, right? When you read through the Old Testament, the people would serve God. Then there'd be a generation they'd go away from God. And so the protection of God would lift off of their lives, off of the country. And, and the enemy would come in and put them in bondage. But somebody would find the word or, or be talked to by God. Or somebody would find out the truth. And they'd begin to seek God. And they'd get other people seeking God. And they'd get other people coming back to God. And what did God do every time? He remembered his covenant and forgave them. And the land would come right back into the place that it 
it was beforehand. Why? Because the covenant is not based on whether or not you're always perfect. The covenant is based on God's perfection. Oh, that's so important. And the covenant mindset is God can't break covenant. And if, if I do my part, if I enter in through faith and obedience, my expectation is God will do what He said. He cannot do anything else. Think, think about this statement for a moment. Why do we read in the Bible and, and in Titus where it says God cannot lie? Because God's bound Himself with an oath. Oh, th- this, is, this is vital. If, if you will take what I'm teaching you tonight, it'll change your life. It, it will never be the same. It will never be the same. Because God can't lie because He interposed an oath willfully on Himself. He bound Himself to His Word. That's, remember what Jesus said? He said heaven and earth would pass away but the Word would never pass away? Amen. I had a preacher say one time, well, you know, if God lied, it would just automatically become true. I said, no, if God lied, heaven and Him would cease to exist. Because if, if God lies, the, 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 what's tied to the covenant is the throne. And if God can lie then God's no more a God than I am. Because for God to lie is for God to come down on my level with my same failings. I'm in covenant with someone who cannot change. Who cannot lie. Who does not want to change. Oh, hallelujah. Look at Genesis 22. Now this is a little further on, and we'll come back to this. But let's look at this part first. Genesis 22, verse 16. This is the Lord speaking. He said, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. For because you've done this thing and not withheld your son, your only son, that in blessing I will bless you, multiply, and I will multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in your seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed, because, notice, because you've obeyed my voice. Notice what God said, by myself I have sworn, by myself. When God said, by myself, I have sworn, that that word sworn, that phrase sworn, it means to seven oneself. Seven, S-E-V-E-N, to seven oneself. In, In other words, the context there is that God swore seven times. Seven is the number of God. It's the number of completion. It's the number of perfection. Do you remember when Abraham called his servant to him? And he said, I don't, want you to ta- I don't want to take a wife for my son Isaac from the people that we're among. I want you to go to my wife's family, and I want you to find a wife. And he said, I'll do it. He said, come here. And he said, put your hand under my thigh. And he did. He, what did he say? Swear to me. 
right? The thigh is the strongest bone in the body, the biggest muscle in the body. It represents strength. When, 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 when God, when Jacob was wrestling Jesus, and Jesus reached up and smote him in the thigh and in the hip, it was representative of this. You can't change yourself in your own strength, but I can change you if you'll just give your life to me. God swore by Himself. It literally carries this. I studied this out in, in, in depth some years ago. And it literally carries this connotation. It's God said, God said, because I could swear by no greater, I swore by myself. Right? That's what the book of Hebrews says. Because God could swear by no greater, He swore by Himself. The idea there is that God, who's entering into this covenant with Abraham, looked for someone greater and could not find anybody greater. And because he couldn't find anybody greater, he sevened himself in a covenant with a man. You, you got to get that imagery. I can see God when I go to him for something. I can see God smiting his thigh and saying, I swear I'll do it. I swear I'll do it. I bound myself to this. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to Jesus. So he's saying this covenant is based on what I have promised. Notice, Abraham's part was faith and obedience. Notice he said in uh, verse 16, the angel of the Lord called, and notice he said, uh, now I know, now I know, because you've done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Covenant. When God came to Abraham, you remember when God came to Abraham and he said, take now your son, your only son, right here in this same chapter, take now your son, your only son, don't want to get ahead of myself, let me make sure I'm not. I am. Let's go to Hebrews 6. <laughs> there's, there's things that are put together in a certain way and I, and I need you to get them. There's, there's so much. I remember the night. Pastor Michelle had been at work at night. She worked nights then, many years ago. And I was at home studying and I was studying this covenant. And it just became so real to me back there in that little bedroom of ours. That I had a covenant with God. That, and, and this is what came to my spirit. There's blood between me and God. Man, I heard the door open and I met her in the hallway. And I said out loud, Michelle, there's covenant between us and God. There's blood between us. Amen. My life changed. That was it. I, when I found out I had a covenant with God, not only did it mean that I would never again doubt God it meant my whole perspective of what I expected from God changed the covenant will take you from being somebody that never finishes anything to being somebody that understands you can do all things amen Hebrews 6 and verse 13 when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. 
saying, Blessing, I will bless you, multiply, and I will multiply you. After he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Now this is important, because he said men verily swear by the greater. And when the greater makes an oath, it, it's the end of it for them. Well, Abraham understood God is greater than him. When God made a covenant with Abraham, that settled it for Abraham. I'm in covenant with him, that settles it. When you understand the concept of covenant, and then you read Matthew chapter 6, where it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you, that closes the book. You're in covenant with God. He said, if I seek first the kingdom, all these things would be added. That's it. That's, that's all there is to it. Now, but remember, what you believe determines your expectation. If, if, you, if you give and you sow or you read that verse and then your expectation is, yeah, but nothing has changed. Well, that, that is saying God can lie. For, just, just think about it. Did Jesus say, Luke chapter 6, give and it would be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Did he say that? Okay, that closes the book. My covenant partner has told me, if I give, it will be given to me. Good measure. Now, why would I go out and not expect it to be given to me? When my covenant partner who stood in covenant blood and interposed an oath on himself, and swore, and said, I cannot break my word, why would I not expect for it to be given to me? Why would I not expect my body to be healed? Why would I not expect my children to be saved? Why would I not expect my marriage to be okay? When that's what he said. Oh, hallelujah. And notice... Wherein, God willing more abundantly to show the heirs of promise. Now, of course, he's writing to Hebrews. And so they would understand the heirs of promise as themselves, and they are. But we, as, as non-Hebrews, recognize we are the heirs of promise as well. Not a different seed, a different aspect of the same seed. Under the heirs of promise, the immutability... The unchangeableness. Now, now think about this. Unchangeable. What if something in your life was truly unchangeable? That means it cannot be changed. And in this case, it cannot be changed because it will not be changed. Amen. You know how sometimes people look at somebody and go, oh my goodness, he frustrates me. He's never going to change. Well, I mean, he, but he can. He might not, but he can. God won't change because he can't. God cannot change. 
One day we were sitting in, and we hadn't been pastoring maybe a year, and I'd been seeking the Lord. And, and in those days, uh, I, I would stay up most of the night and, and just seek the Lord. And we were in our first year of pastoring, and Pastor Michelle and I were up one morning, and the Lord had spoke to me that night, and, and it was this. He said to me, he said this to me. He said, Philip, I can be depended upon to do exactly what I said. Now, that sounds elementary, especially in faith circles. But my family, there are faith people that do not expect God to do what he said. They know the principles. They know the colloquialisms. They know all the faith statements. But they are not expecting God to do what he said. God said to me, he said, I can be depended upon to do exactly what I said. Amen. That, that marked my life. That imprinted my spirit. But, but I knew God can be depended to do what he said because he has sworn and will not repent. He's not going to change. Do you remember in the Old Testament, it talked about the judgment coming on the world and, and all the things were out of place. And, and do you remember why it said? It said because they broke the everlasting covenant. Men break the covenant. God never breaks covenant. And when man breaks covenant, problems come. But if they'll turn back to the covenant God, the God who swore that they would have a good life and have peace will bring it into their lives. So the immutability of his counsel, that's his word. The unchangeableness of his word. Well, it's his word here, but it's his word that we read that he swore to. This cannot change because it's a blood covenant. It's not just a book of promises. It's a book of a blood sworn oath. And so the immutability, the unchangeableness of his word, King James says his counsel, Notice, confirmed it by an oath. The word is he interposed an oath on himself. You know, it's one thing for you to look at someone and go, swear, promise me. Have you ever done that? Well, they may or may not have done what you asked them to promise. Abraham never looked at God and said, promise me something. God, if I could say it this way so you'll get it, God painted himself in the corner on purpose. When you get a covenant mindset, the covenant mindset begins to dictate how you act. It directs your actions. Because covenant people are not acting like people without a covenant. Now, every believer has a covenant. Every believer is not acting like they have a covenant. For instance, if, if you have a covenant of healing, why are you always wondering if your kids are sick? Why are you always feeling their head? Do they feel hot? Right? Now, I'm not, I'm not making light of that, but what does Deuteronomy 28 say? 
it says that fevers and extreme burning are under the curse. And Galatians 3.13 says, I have been redeemed from the curse. By what? The blood of Jesus. But because God interposed himself with an oath. And in the book of Exodus, he said, I am the God that heals you. And what did he say there in that verse? He said, he said, if you watch, if you will obey and do. Remember, you're part of the covenant, faith. And obedience. He said, I will bring none of these diseases upon you that I brought upon the Egyptians. Now here's the point. Whether, whether you read it aloud or God brought or whatever. Here's the point. He said, I will not bring any of those diseases on you. Here's the caveat. Because I'm the Lord that heals you. In other words, there's no provision for sickness in my covenant. The only provision is health. And, and, and the, the, the seven compound names of God are more than that. They are covenant names of God. They are what God has sworn in blood to be. He swore in blood and said, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord your healer. I am your physician. In my covenant, there is a provision. I have a physician. Amen. Well, Pastor, should I never feel and see if my child has a fever? You, not, that's not what I'm saying. Why are you expecting a fever when you have a covenant that says you don't need it? Right? Your expectation is proof of what you believe. Well, come here, honey. Let me feel you. Let me see if you're hot. I'm telling you, the day, the day and age we're, we're living in, we got we to gotta get a hold of this. We got to get a hold of this. This is what I expect. I run into people all the time, I just don't know what to expect anymore. They don't know they have a covenant. I know what to expect. He told my covenant, he told the father of the faith that I possess, Abraham. You will go to your grave in a good old age. And you'll go in peace. I have a covenant. I have a promise. I have a blood sworn oath. Amen. That's so vital. Not going to go sick. I'm not, I'm not going to go. Are you following me? Amen. Now, let's, let's look. that Verse 18. He confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable things, here's two unchangeable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie. Now, this is important. I don't do this a lot, but the two words, it was, are in italics. By two immutable things, in which impossible for God to lie. A lot of times people read that it was. And they say, well, yeah, it was. No, it is. Because God doesn't change. For God to lie. Well, what are the two immutable things? His word and his oath. They can't be broken. They cannot be broken. 
God sealed His Word or His promise with a blood covenant. Now, let's look back here at Genesis 22. You know what? I don't have anything better to do than just to preach this all year. You know, when something changes your life, I, you know, I don't, I don't say this a lot about my testimony, but, you know, I was the person that never finished anything. And, you know, whether you were that way or not, I don't know. But I was the person that never finished anything. I started, I don't know how many things, and never finished. Amen. You looked up quit in the dictionary, there was my picture. Because it was just easier to quit than push through. Amen. Whatever it may be. That's too hard. I was just, right? Commitment. Diligence. And, and, and I went to the Lord after I understood I had a covenant. I went to the Lord and I said, now, Lord, I don't want to be this way anymore. I don't, I don't want to quit. Think you got things for me to do. And it's going to take diligence to get it done. And I was never taught diligence. I was never taught to finish. I need you to help me do this. And, and I stood there and I said, now I swear I'm going to do what I told you I would do. And you're my covenant partner and you're going to help me. Amen. Everything changed. Everything changed. Everything changed. Because it changes how you view you. Do you think Abraham could walk away from that, uh, uh, that event with God waking up and seeing God himself walking through those pieces and swearing? Do you think Abraham could for one split second then think that he could be defeated? No way. He's got a covenant with God. Amen. Well, same for you. No way. You got a covenant with God. You can't be defeated. When you enter the room, the covenant has entered the room. Amen. And the quicker the people opposing you realize it, the better it is for them. Amen. Is, is that right? Listen. When Jesus talked about moving a mountain, and, 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 and it is about faith, I understand that, but it's faith and obedience. If, if you don't obey and speak to the mountain, the mountain won't move. If you don't obey, your faith will never work. I have a blood-sworn oath that if I will open my mouth and speak to the mountain, the mountain will move. That's sealed in blood. God said it. Amen. Hallelujah. God said, God said that He would bring your children from the land of the enemy... And that what he said? He said, I'll bring them from the land of the enemy. He said, refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. There's hope in your latter end and your children will come again to their own land. That's a blood sworn oath. God swore that. So right now, God is working on your children. 
Right now, God is working on your grandchildren. Right now, God is working in your family. Why? Because He swore by Himself. And He won't change. Won't change. Oh, let me hurry. Genesis 22, verse 9. Ah, hallelujah. Now, this is when Abraham, of course, took Isaac to the mountain. And and I have to talk about this because, you know, if you read this, it says it came to pass that God did test, tempt is the King James, Abram, and said to Abraham, he said, here I am, take now your son, your only son, who you love, get in the land of Moriah, offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains I'll tell you of. And Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his ass, took two of his young men with him, Isaac, his son, claved the wood for the burnt offering, rose up and went unto the place God had told him. God asked Abraham for his son, and Abraham went very willingly to do it. Now, you'll see movies. I, wa- I watched a movie one time, and Abra- when God asked him, Abraham just, oh, oh. And then he had to go tell Sarah, well, you know what's coming now. And Sarah lost it. Woo-hoo-hoo! And then it showed him in the morning, he's loading up the wagon. There's no wagon there. Just like there's no horse in Acts 9. But the point is, in the movie, it showed Abraham crying, going off in the wagon, and Sarah crawling behind him. Oh, my son, my son, my son. Right? Now, it's easy to make fun of the movie, but here's the point. God said, Take your son and go offer him. And Isaac said, okay. Or Abraham said, okay. Notice the the scripture says, he got up in the morning and just went. Oh, this is important. And Abraham, verse 6, took the word, actually, let me see here. Uh, Verse 7, Isaac spake to Abraham, his father and said, my father, he said, here am I. He said, behold, the fire and the wood. Where's the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went on the two of them together. Now, this is important because people say, well, yeah, that's Abraham's faith statement. Why did he make it? Because he had a covenant. God will provide. Faith in your covenant expects provision. The covenant expects provision. Covenant people don't expect to suffer. Covenant people don't expect to barely make it. I'll show you this a little little deeper as we move forward. Verse 9, they came to the place that God told him of. Abraham built an altar there, laid the wood in order, bound his son, laid him on the altar of wood, and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took his knife to slay his son. This is covenant. Abraham, Abraham went up the mountain, put the altar in order, Tied his son up, 
and put him on the altar and picked up the knife to kill him. It's what the scripture says. Right? And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, he said, here am I. He said, lay not your hand on the lad, neither do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God. Now I know that you have honor for God. Now I know that you honor the covenant. Amen. Because you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham knew something. That his covenant partner would not leave him in a deficit. God's not going to leave you in a deficit. Amen. He knew if he had, if, if God asked for his son, God would give him back to him. Because he said, in Isaac shall your seed be called. And that's why Hebrews tells us that Abraham did what he did and reckoned this, that God would raise Isaac from the dead if that's what it took. What does that mean? The covenant to Abraham was stronger than death. If I got to put this knife in my son and sacrifice him, my covenant is stronger than his death. Your covenant is stronger than whatever you need. Your covenant is stronger than whatever fix you need in your body or your finances or your family. Your covenant is stronger than anything the world is going through. You have a covenant with God. You're not going to go under. You're not going to be defeated. You're not going to end up on a deficit. You're not going to lose your job. You're not going to lose your money. Your God is a covenant-keeping God. And he, he's interposed himself with an oath. Look at Psalm 89. This will be it. This will be it for tonight. It'll just have to be. Psalm 89 and verse 34. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that's gone out of my mouth, out of my lips. God says, my covenant I won't break. I won't alter the thing that's gone out of my mouth. That word break, it means to treat as common. It means to violate the honor of or to dishonor. To treat as common, to violate the honor of or to dishonor. God says, I will not treat my covenant as common. I will not violate the honor of my covenant. I won't dishonor what I said. You know, when somebody makes a promise and fails to keep it, they've just dishonored their word. Now, I'm not talking about a mistake. Something came up, they couldn't help, they forgot. I mean, when somebody says something and then just doesn't do it, they've dishonored their word. They've counted that their word doesn't mean anything to them. God's word means something to him. So much so that he swore in blood. I, I won't do that. I won't, I won't treat it as common. I won't violate the honor of what I said. Now let that come to your mind. Let that come to your spirit. 
The next time the enemy's trying to, trying to run, run thoughts through your mind of will God. God said, I won't dishonor my word. I won't do it. And he said, or break, notice I won't break my covenant or alter the thing that's gone out of my lips. That word alter, it means to change. It means to disguise. It means to pervert. God won't change what he said. God won't disguise what he said. God's not speaking in subliminal messages. He, do, he doesn't disguise what he's saying. God says what he means and means what he says. He says it very directly. Some people have a problem with it. That's why Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. That's it. Not going to change that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to disguise that or pervert that. I'm not going to try to make that easier. Amen. He said, I won't break my covenant. And I won't alter the thing that's gone out of my lips. So what he has said, he has said. It's not going to change. It's not going to be different tomorrow. So, so think about that. Here's the covenant mindset. God said, I will supply all of your need according to my riches in glory. That's never going to change. Now, those things seem elementary to us, but how many believers do you know that know that's in the Bible, and it might even be in their confession list, but they're not expecting it to happen? There are believers that will ask me to go to the hospital to pray for their loved one, and they're not expecting anything to change. They're just soothing their conscience by having me go pray. Well, we had pastor go pray, and you know, well, we'll see. No, we didn't. what? Why did I go? Why did I, why did I go up there if you're just, we're just going to see? We're not going to see. That's not how, that's not covenant language. Lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So I got to go with a covenant mindset. The God that stood in covenant blood is going with me. The Bible says in the book of Mark that he, they went everywhere preaching the word and the Lord worked with them performing signs and wonders and miracles. Because it's a covenant of blood. See, that's what you got to conquer. When you look at something and it says I'm in a deficit. And you go, but the Lord said he would supply all my needs. And then your mind will say, well, yeah, but. No, there's no but in the covenant. There's no but caveat in the, in, in the covenant. God didn't say, I'll do this but. There's a young man that goes to the, uh, uh, well, when he's home, he was here this past Saturday, uh, Angel uh, 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 Castulo, and uh, he, started, he has been coming to the Saturday night service I don't know how old he was when he first started coming, 14, 15, something like that. And he was getting up into college age. And I remember the Lord spoke to me one time and said, he is worried about college and concerned about how things are going to happen. And he said, you tell him tonight when you go to church that he will go to college and I'll pay for it. 
Amen. Man, his parents were sitting there. They were sitting there about where Vernon's sitting. And, uh, and, and I called him out and told him that. Man, he was happy and they were happy. But here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I would talk to him. He was still in school, junior, senior in school. And I would talk to him and I'd say, keep your pressure on what God said. God won't lie. You keep the pressure on what God said. God won't lie to you. God will do what he said. God, angel, God will do it. If he said it, he'll do it. When God says something, he intends to do what he said. My part is faith and obedience. Amen. I got to hurry. Hallelujah. And man, it went on. It went on. It went on to the senior in high school. And I tell him, you keep the pressure on that. But I, I remember the Saturday night he came. I remember the Saturday night that he came. And he testified, I don't remember all the ins and outs of it. Full ride. Full ride. Just came to him out of, from an unexpected source. Came home from college break this past week. Doing great. Making great grades. God will do it. I, God will do it. A young, young lady was in uh, the Kansas location. Uh, 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 Gabriela Juarez. And she was believing God to, uh, to go to KU on a, on, a, on a complete scholarship, full ride scholarship. And we were in prayer one Sunday morning. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, you tell her, I want to give her that scholarship. And she was 16 then, I guess, honor student. And, and she, I, I told her, come here. I said, God wants to give you that scholarship. She said, I'll take it. Amen. But here's the point. When, when I prayed for him, then when I would talk to him, I'd say, now keep the pressure on this because God is going to do what he said. Your part is faith and obedience. Because if God said, I want to do it, He wants to do it. He needs me to do what? What did Abraham do? Got up in the morning, cut the wood, saddled the donkey, and went to the mountain. That's our job. Amen. Hallelujah. Her... Uh, uh, end of her junior year in high school, she went to college days and, uh, and started going around and, and was talking to different departments. And she talked to this one department and they said, uh, well, we want to get you involved in, in this department. And they said, uh, uh, we'll pay for your, all your stuff here. And then they went to another and went to another. End result was this, four years of college for nothing. I've had people look at me and just all but say, well, I don't believe that. I don't care. That, see, you're expecting nothing, so you get nothing. What you expect, you get. If you expect zero, you get zero. But if you expect God to do it, God will do it because God can't change. God can't change. Listen, we've got stories that are coming out of that. Pastor Ron was taking up the offering Sunday night and talked about writing out on that piece of paper at the Southwest Believers Convention where Brother Jerry said, God will smite your debt. I was listening to that service just the other day. It might have been the one you were in. 
I think it was, a few years ago in Southwest, he said, take out that paper and write your debts, what you want God to pay off, and God will smite your debt. And he gave the testimony that he wrote that out, still carries that paper with him, and wrote that out. Did, did he tell you that God paid his house off this year? That he's debt free? Amen. If, if God brought Pastor Ron out of debt, and God brought me out of debt, and you want to come out of debt, the, there's no difference between the three of us other than there's a covenant that we just said, okay, God said He would smite my debt and He held on to that and kept it in His wallet and would look at it and believe God. God will do what you believe He'll do. Oh, my Lord. Hallelujah. Have I told you I'm excited for you? Because something good's about to happen. I'm telling you, I'll end with this. The Lord told me this, uh, well, it would have been five days ago today. Tomorrow will be the sixth day. He said, tomorrow's the 13th. And he said, by the 13th, he told me to watch the next six days. He said, by the 13th, watch the 13th. He said, because there's going to be changes. And he said, there's going to be changes in the country and there's going to be changes in the ministry. Well, I've already started seeing the changes in the ministry. Folks, I'm telling you, God is up to something. If His covenant people in this nation will believe what He said, that He wants to heal our land, God's not done with us. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand up tonight, shall we? I'll keep preaching if you don't stand up. Glory to God. Hallelujah.